Legacy. and adaptations i am cody and i am andrew we got a fun one for you today folks yeah this, this is episode is, 65 yep and it's 65. the legacy edition legacy edition so we're talking legacy characters today folks andrew explain to them what that means i will <laughs> during the segment <laughs> uh so look forward to that as we explain to you what that is okay. uh starting off with some news though uh first of all news on how is your week going Cody? Ooh, oh God. Yeah. A little rocky, but yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. bad. That's good. Just That's not good. easy. Yeah. Yeah. Yours? You know, tough enough to keep you awake, but not tough enough to make you sore in the morning. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> mine was fine. Old enough. <laughs> Remember that joke? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So... Going right into the news, Jeff Johns steps down as CCO, which is Chief Creative Officer at DC, to focus more on writing. So uh, back to where he was. Back to where he was. Uh, Jim Lee is now the new CCO. So for okay. those who do not know, Jim Lee is mostly an artist, uh, best known for his Batman stuff, and also one of the, one of the founders of Image Comics. That's true. And didn't he have a stint with, uh, what what other character was it he really, really perfected? Why am I drawing a blank? Jim Jim Lee's in a couple, it wasn't just Batman. Uh, he did, he did X-Men stuff, right? I was right? going to say, he's done a couple of X-Men stuff. Yeah. Like late 80s, early 90s X-Men stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. Was it? Ugh. I can't remember what decade, but I know I know for a fact he had some classic X-Men stuff. Yeah. Anyways. But the, the classic Batman, like, look is pretty much Jim Lee. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's just a little news on that front. Also with the DC news is Shazam uh, returns this fall. This comic hasn't had its own run since New 52, when it was written by Jeff Johns. Okay. Uh, and so it's cool that it's finally coming back. Uh, for those who do not know, Shazam is the original Captain Marvel uh, he is his character Billy Baxton has the Batson. Batson, I don't know. Wait, Baxton. It's okay. What is Baxton? I don't know. It sounds. That sounds like someone. That does sound like someone. Um, I'm going to remember it way later. I knew a kid who had this weird like. I don't know if I call it an impediment. He had a tendency to say uh, C's instead of T's. So he so he called his his soccer team in in grade school the Comics instead of the Comets. It was kind of an impediment, I guess, but it wasn't one that I had ever heard before. That just sounds like a disorder. <laughs> like a social... A, r- a rare social disorder. Yeah, like... Because that's not... I mean... It's not a thing. It's not a speech impediment. That's yeah. just like... He somehow cannot possibly... Habitually mispronouncing a word. Yeah. yeah. Or just a letter. Just a letter, yeah. Yeah. That's that's interesting. That's cool. 
syllabic uh, difficulties. Anyways, go in. Um, yeah, so Billy Batson, uh, he says the word Shazam and turns into Shazam. Daddy does. Uh, yes. And he, well, I'm probably going to do a character spotlight on him someday so we can go more into it, but there's a lot of issues with that, especially if his name is Shazam because that is the words that you say to change. Right. So I didn't read the new 52. Did they call him Captain Marvel or did they call him Shazam in that? Um, The one by Jeff Johns. He's been referred, I think he was referred to as Captain. Okay. I don't know if he was referred to as Captain Marvel. The one thing that I find interesting though is in video games, I've he's been depicted saying Shazam to snap, to, to, to zap guys with the lightning. Yes. So I don't know... You know, even though I'm pretty familiar with him as a character, I don't really know what the rule is with that because he uses his his, his name to change back mm-hmm. b- between the two characters. Well, I know it's and the he it's uses the it lightning. To zap. It's the lightning when it hits you, and I know like when he says it in the video game, he like steps out of the lightning, like he puts the person in the lightning. But he 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 holds you, and then yeah, and then he backs off, kind of, or like it's more of. Like the lightning hits the person more than it hits him. Oh no, it doesn't hit him, but he yeah. holds them in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm wondering if it's the lightning that changes him. You know, character spotlight. I'm going to have fun researching that character. Yeah, no, we uh, should do it. But anyways, yeah, I don't know why. I I wish they would just call him Captain Marvel, but you can't well, with can't, you can't with Captain Marvel, the Marvel version, the yeah. lesser version too. <laughs> I'll just say. It means less of. Oh, oh uh, no, no. It means less than. Less than. You know what they should, you know what they should call um, Captain Marvel uh, in Marvel? They should the call associate it, Captain the, Marvel? The associate Captain Marvel because it means less, less than. Less than. <laughs> uh, I'm, glad we, I'm glad you were with me on that one. Yeah. Heck yeah. Uh, uh, Sajik, uh, who, St- it's like Stefan, Steven, uh, it's weird. I think he's Icelandic. What's his name? Um, it's like S V T E P F I. It's crazy, crazy awesome, and I never know how to pronounce it. But he did uh, a run on Rat Queens. He has his own comic called Sunstone, I think, uh, and he did a a little bit on Aquaman. He's a really brilliant artist, and he's been trying to get a pitch with DC for a while, and uh, his. Latest pitch was just approved, so he's going to get his own series, which will be really cool and uh, I think could be awesome. Nice. And he even said after after that run is done, his next pitch that he's going to throw at DC is a, a Lois and Clark, um, like just a side comic story. Okay. Which could be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Batgirl gets a new suit design. Um, this one is closer to the original. I think it's temporary. But okay. they're going away from the Burnside look. The Burnside look is the like, the militaryish looking one, the one that's like purple, yeah, with uh, where she's wearing like combat, combat, combat boots. boots. This one goes back more of to the like, bat design, mm-hmm. where like the Nightwing design, where it's more of like a skin tight thing, mm-hmm. not as, like leather, like skin paint that right. the others looked, um, but. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. I I like the idea of the Burnside look that they were going for. Uh, the problem I had with it is it made a 25, 26-year-old Barbara Gordon look like a 17-year-old. And it really affected 
the personality of the character. I think. I mean, that was a problem with Batgirl over the past ten years. I feel. I. I. Th- I, th- I felt people have been sexualizing a lot of the DC women. Yeah. Too much. But yeah, I feel that Barbara Gordon was made to. I don't know. Act older than. Or, or pardon me, young, younger and and or older at different times when I feel like she needs to just stay that age and there needs to be the same yeah. boundaries for the character. Yeah, I mean, especially since Grayson or Dick Grayson has uh, matured a lot as a character. Mm-hmm. And it, like, I go and read a Batgirl comic and she's, like, throwing up from partying too much. And it's just like, okay, this would have worked with, like... 17 year old what run night. did that happen in the the burnside run it was in the burnside the, yeah run? it's the very beginning of her like new redesign and they de-aged her and mm. it it just it didn't feel right especially going from oracle uh, ever since new 50 new 52 how they you know they revamped things with everyone else and they yeah. and they left the bat family mostly alone but yeah. then of course uh, the, there's there's the rewrite of Batgirl making her younger. I just feel like the Bat family timeline. They, they made both her and Dick Grayson the younger. Yeah. Yeah, but but then you said, but Dick has matured in some ways though. Yeah, I mean he had first of all he freaking died, yeah. and then went and was like a spy, like he was a spy for a while, and now he's kind of trying to be Batman of, um, Bloodhaven, mm-hmm. and so it's they have. The elements there, uh, in which he has grown as a character, mm-hmm. and it just seems like he interacts with other characters who are also mature adults, and the relationships he builds with those people, you see that he is he is probably in his mid twenties by now, and then he goes and interacts with Barbara, and it's just like, man, I feel like he's. Other than the most recent Nightwing comics where they, they have their old Oracle-Nightwing relationship, mm-hmm. uh, other than those, whenever I saw him in like a Batgirl comic, which the Batgirl writers had no clue how to write Dick Grayson. They saw him as a pompous, arrogant... like uh, Tool? Yeah, but the one that you're attracted to. That is how they explained it, and I went, you have no clue He's not a jerk. He's he is not. a great character. Yeah. He's a great guy. Uh, granted, he doesn't know how to handle relationships, but that's because the person who taught him everything... Was Bruce Wayne. Was Bruce Wayne, who <laughs> does not know how to deal with relationships. Or uh, Batman. Yes. Both. N- both. Neither, neither version of his personality, Bruce Wayne or Batman, no. knows how to handle relationships. No. And out of all of the <laughs> characters... Uh, I think Nightwing probably butts heads with Batman the most. Yeah. Uh, we'll probably talk about this later with legacy characters, but looking at the Robins, uh, Damien respects his dad like mm-hmm. to the fullest, and he probably butted heads at the beginning, but really like he listens to what, everything he says, does whatever he wants. Uh, Tim loves Batman more than his dad, mm-hmm. uh, essentially wants to be his son uh and then jason as much as they have a frustration bruce has a heart for jason mm-hmm. and will always be willing to teach and jason's always l- willing to listen oh yeah but the thing with nightwing with dick grayson is dick grayson was he's been there the longest and so he understands bruce and he's trying to break the mold of i am your son because 
for those who don't understand, is Batman views every Robin as his son. Yeah. Uh, essentially. Because, I mean, he raises them, he trains them, he teaches them. He's the closest relationship they have. And with Dick Grayson, he does his best to break from that I am your son to I want to be your peer. Because he's the oldest. Right. And he's been the longest. And it's like, here is a Robin. I'm not Robin anymore. That was the whole point of Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Um, is so that way he could become his own thing. Something that And, he, and Dick was him. Batman's ward. He yeah. wasn't his son and he no. didn't want to... Well, I don't know. Maybe at one point when he was younger he wanted to be his kid. But I yeah. think that was kind of a phase. And it's just something that was never going to happen. Yeah. Like, he, he realized it very quickly and... It's something they kind of taught, like they touched on with the Lego Batman movie, which was pretty funny. Is like Dick Grayson was never his son, and it's it's he's his ward. He's his a person he takes in to teach a mentor. Yeah, and also the, the the difference I want to point out between Tim and Dick is Tim. It's like you said, he he loves, loves Batman, Batman almost yeah. more than he ever did his, his parents. Dad. Yeah. Um, and I think he really almost wanted to be Batman. Wanted he he, just, he still wants to be Batman. He just worships Bruce. Yeah. Whereas Dick, I think he was like, okay, I'm willing to learn. Yeah. I like I like this. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. I, I like this Bat family and everything. But he never really wanted to. He never really wanted to just be Batman. I think he wanted to be Batman's equal, but he didn't want to be Batman. He knew no. that he knew that in order to do, to be respected as much as Batman, he would have to become something else. Yeah. Ironically, he also ended up becoming one of the best Batman we ever had, which we will talk about later. Yeah. Uh, yes. So Batgirl gets a new suit. That's a hint at the legacy. Legacy. Uh, Elseworld DC has uh, been officially rebranded. As DC Black. So any, like, Elseworld comics... Elseworld comics, for those who do not know, are comics that don't take place in the in the current continuity. Mm-hmm. So not any, anything that's not in the current canon line. Um, that would be, like, Dark Knight Returns. That's, a, that's an Elseworld comic. Uh, all those characters and all those stories aren't continuity. Mm-hmm. Um... And then there's the other the other Earth, like Earth Two, Earth One. Uh, those are all Elseworld comics, just because they they don't fit it, fit into the main comic universe continuity. Do they expect us to refer to ones that have Elseworld, on, like because some of those actually say Elseworld on? Yeah, because it was the that was the past. So they, are yeah. are they gonna when they when they press those comics in the future? Are they gonna stamp black DC, DC black on it versus? Yeah. That's just, I mean, it's a petty change. Yeah. I don't I, know. I mean. I think it will help new comic fans. It's, yeah. Because if they if they go to someone and go, hey, what's this DC Black line? Uh, the person who they're asking can say, yeah, that's the Elseworld stuff. That's not part of the main continuity. It's mostly harmless. I think Elseworld is a more succinct way of putting. I agree. That it's like, hey, this I, is something else. This is yeah. not in the normal yeah. DC universe. I think they're trying to minimize word. They're trying to shorten it, but I agree. I think Elseworld... It's, it a, sounds exactly as it is. Yeah, you can't get any more... I yeah. actually use that term to refer to other uni- and other um, franchises. Yeah. Like, let's let's say we're talking about... Uh, for, for Marvel, I you know, call it what-ifs, but... What-ifs, yeah. yeah. I use that term El- Elseworld to describe it's, uh, it's, another part it's of the a, multiverse. Yeah, it's an incredible, incredible phrase that, yeah. that is now... Yeah. 
whatever of the past. Whatever. Yeah, I, I, I I'm agree. never I'm never gonna call it that unless I'm referring to a new run. Yeah. Then or or pardon me, a new trade or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, then last on the DC line, it's kind of DC. It's more Vertigo, uh, but Netflix picks up Fox cancellation of Lucifer, the TV show. Uh, yeah, Lucifer, I saw that actually. Um, however, it's not picking up a new season. It's picking up a two-parter movie. So kind of like a, uh, a finishing off the series with a two-parter movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't watched, I've watched like episodes of the show. Uh, I know it differs vastly from the comic, which for those who do not know, the Lucifer comic takes, um, it's a s- spiritual successor to uh, the Sandman series by yes. Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Um, because uh, what happens in that is essentially Lucifer gives up the keys to hell uh, to live on Earth. And so that's where the, the series follows that. Um, but the TV show is different. It's it's that same premise at the beginning and then just goes a different direction entirely. Um, that's what your brother told me. Yeah. Uh, so it's cool. I'm glad when shows can get a final um, ending. Netflix seems to be the... The place to do that. It's the did route to go. Did you see that seems... Arrested Development got a season five? I did. And also, season four got a re like it's a remaster. Like they went and edited scenes and like like reordered episodes so it would flow and make sense better. Really? Yeah, I want to go back and watch season four and then watch season five. Because huh. season four was definitely the weakest of. That's what everyone's of. told me that Arrested Development season four <clears throat> is the weakest out it's of them all. Definitely the weakest. Is it's, it bad? It's still. <sighs> It's it's good and bad. There are definitely moments when it's bad, but there are some of the most memorable Arrested Development stuff mm-hmm. is from season four. Like, That's... there's some really good stuff in that. Uh, I've only seen episodes of that show sporadically. I haven't ever sat down and watched the whole thing or binged mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. I don't I don't know the chronology of the characters or any of that. But yeah, it's I hear people love it. Yeah, a I lot mean, of my friends love it. The first three Scott. seasons. Yeah, first three seasons are incredible. Walking uh, Phoenix is going to star in the Joker origin movie as Joker. That is the current uh, news with that, with Robert De Niro in a supporting role. So really? my theory is they're going to go a classic, like, gangster, because Robert De Niro really only plays gangster characters, and it's being produced by Martin Scorsese. This is... A Joker movie. Joker Joker origin movie. Origin movie, okay. Which doesn't have anything to do with the Joker movie that's coming out. The Leto Joker. With Leto. So, because DC doesn't know how to run a tight ship, apparently. Yeah, and I let myself kind of intentionally get out of the DC cinematic loop. So when all you out there are saying, oh, Cody, you're a big Batman fan, do your homework. Well, I've kind of tried to isolate myself from it a little, a little bit. Yeah. So actually... You telling me that it's not connected yeah. is the first I'm hearing of it. Well, I However, don't, I'm I don't not know, at all surprised. I don't know if it is or not connected. I have no clue. I, I am very confused. Well, Leto... Leto's younger. So, I mean, it could... Than Joaquin in, Phoenix? Yes. They're roughly the same age, dude. Maybe it's... 
Does he just look younger? Jo- jo- oh, Jared Leto? He's yeah. 46 years old. That dude looks like I he's am not kidding. 20, 29. I know. He looks <laughs> He looks probably a couple years younger than me. Yeah. And the dude's 46. Yeah. Okay. If, if you look at him in American Psycho, the guy looks like he's actually- American Psycho or- uh, He's in American Psycho, Christian he Bale. Is? He plays a character named Paul Allen. That's funny. <laughs> Who's the owner of the Blazers or was? Is Paul Allen still the owner of the Blazers? Yeah, and the Seahawks. Yeah. He's in American Psycho? Yeah. He is. He he's the guy who Christian Bale puts on the slicker and lays out all the newspaper and stuff, and he's like, "Yeah, Paul." I'm, I'm, oh yeah, and yeah. then like hits him with the axe, and he's playing Huey Lewis in the news, hip to be yeah, square, yeah, and he's yeah. doing that silly dance. That's a messed up movie. It's a messed up movie that a lot of people find really really funny, and I think mm-hmm. parts of it kind of are. Yeah. And then of course there's the scene with like the homeless guy yeah. and the cat, and it's like, yeah, not too funny. Yeah. But anyways, um, I digress. Let's get back okay. to it. So, so the, maybe, jo- the Joker, Robert, the Robert De Niro, Joaquin Phoenix. I haven't seen Joaquin Phoenix in anything in about a thousand years. I think his, I saw her, which was good. What year did that come out? 2015. Okay. 2014, somewhere around there. Uh, so a few years. It's probably I mean, been any longer since he was anything before that. Well, he, he did yeah. take a break, though. He fell off the deep end for a while. Yeah, he... Did a weird like mockumentary in which he like went super method actor for, and didn't he say he was gonna become a rapper or did he? Is that is that true? I think that was part of it. Like he okay. grew his beard and then was yeah. like yeah. being weird, like really weird on like talk shows. Uh huh. I yeah. saw that. I I saw him do that, but I didn't pay enough attention to his actual life to know what he was doing. I just heard the things he had talked about. Yeah, and then it like came out that. Because everyone was, like, worried. They're like, what the heck is going on with Walking Phoenix? Uh, and then it come out, came out that he was doing it all for, like, a mockumentary. Mm. Um, I don't know if that mockumentary ever came out. I didn't invest too much interest or time into it. Mm. Uh, he's a he's a good actor. He's a fine actor. Yeah. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know. Was he was was he cast stuff. as a specific role, or is it just known that he and De Niro will be in it? Oh, he's cast as Joker. That's what I thought. Yeah. I could see him. I could see him as a Joker. I could see him as like a gangster. Like maybe this will be better because I I love Jared Leto, but I'm sorry he doesn't capture the spirit of the Joker to no. me. Not at all. If he can play an incredible Joker, it's like. Don't make that little movie, please. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Just cast, cancel it. Cast just... walking as Joker from now on. Yeah, uh, Leto, Leto will find other gigs. He's a good actor. Yeah, <laughs> and he has a band. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, uh, Marvel is creating a new series called Warps, which is a comic line, um, in which they are they are warping together superheroes. And this sounds really stupid. It does. And I don't I'm probably going to read it, but it sounds really stupid. Um the fr- the first two announcements are Iron Hammer and Soldier Supreme. So it's Iron Man and Thor put to get warped together and Captain America and Doctor Strange warped together. Hmm. I have no clue, and there's no information. All they have released are the the covers. I, I don't have any response to that at all. Yeah, and all they've <laughs> released are the covers, and the only one that looks interesting is the Soldier Supreme, because I'm like, it's Captain America wearing Doctor Strange cape. So, could be dope, but I'm... Way cooler than Iron Hammer. Iron Hammer. Even that name sounds 
Iron Hammer sounds like a cheap knockoff Kmart superhero. (laughs) Soldier Supreme. (laughs) These names are stupid. Uh, Soldier Supreme. Soldier Supreme. PS4 Spider-Man is being written into the comics. The PS that means is there's a new Spider-Man PS4 game coming out in September, which I am extremely excited for, and my life will disappear when that game comes out. I bet it but, will. Uh, they have officially written written him into, uh, I think it was called Spider Gaiden, like Armag. Stop making up Spider. Words. How would you say <laughs> that Armageddon? Right, Armageddon. Spider Spider Gaiden. Spider Gaddon? Spider yeah. Gaddon, yeah. It it's worded weird. It looks stupid. Uh but I think Spidey Gaddon. Who is writing it? Nick Spencer. So Dan Slott is finally leaving um Amazing Spider Man, which was really needed because as as fun as a writer as he is, he cannot finish storylines. His endings are really bad. And he doesn't know how to write Peter Parker. Like he knows how to re- he knows how to write Doc Ock as Spider-Man. His superior Spider-Man is incredible. He wrote Peter Parker great once, which was the end of Superior Spider-Man, which I have shown, uh, I actually just showed on Facebook recently, which was my favorite, one of my favorite panels um, or pages from comics, which was uh, when Green Goblin finally realizes that it's not Doc Ock in Spider-Man's body anymore. And it's a really cool, awesome scene. Uh... So, PS4 Spider-Man will be in Spider-Gadden. So, I don't know. I think it's another kind of Spider-Verse kind of thing. Uh, I might pick it up to see what's going on. I do need to catch up on Amazing Spider-Man stuff, but I just got tired of Slot, or, yeah, Dan Slot. It's really hard to just read his Spider-Man. Um... Animated Invincible TV show uh, is set for Amazon. For those who do not know, there is a image comic called Invincible. It's probably, with Walking Dead, it's probably the longest-running image comic. Um, yeah, written, there's some diehard fans of that show. Or, or that, that run, comic, yeah. run, pardon me. Uh, it's written by the same guy, too. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for this. I think it's... It would definitely do better as an animated than a live action. And the fact that it's on Amazon means they can actually touch with the dark elements. Because this comic deals with a lot of dark stuff. A lot of dark stuff. Um, on the face of it, it looks like a Marvel DC comic. But it it deals with like abortion and rape and murder and decapitation and betrayal and genocide. Like, it deals with all that stuff. Um, In that order? Bad joke, sorry. Yes. (laughs) Uh, um, So, I'm excited for this. Forbidden pleasures. Yes. Yes. I need to finish this series, the comic series that actually just ended, if not ending, um, which I know a lot of people were kind of happy for because they like it when series ends. And I do too. Uh, the weird thing is it ended on 140 or 150. So that's a lot of issues of comics. Um, I've yeah, read about definitely. eight or nine trades. So I've read about 60 or 70 comics of it. Uh, so I'm definitely needing to get back into finishing it. Uh, and then last but not least, uh, 
Ninja Turtles is getting rebooted again. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Uh, there is a new producer at Paramount. Um, so the old guy who like did all the the Transformers and the new reboot reboot um, reboot he, <laughs> he is out and there's a new guy in and the new guy wants to redo it because he really likes the series but he doesn't want to go in the way they went before. He Good. Does, he doesn't. He like, shouldn't. He doesn't like the big hulking monster looking ones. He wants to go back to the '90s and give respect to the comics as well as the old 90s tv show you know i'm pleasantly surprised <clears throat> that i'm learning this right now i think it was just announced <laughs> either today yeah, yeah. well because i i glanced through my news feed earlier today and i saw a lot of you know a lot of things like ah whatever 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 had i seen that i would have peed my pants or yeah something so <laughs> that's all there is right now just an announcement there hasn't been anything released with it but it he does want to focus. Happy to hear that he wants to focus more on the street level kind of stuff uh, with the characters. Um, so maybe that includes them, maybe just fighting like a, a Foot Clan boss at the very end, and it's not like Shredder based. And then they find out like Shredder is in charge of everything. Yeah, uh, it could be really cool. Uh, I'm excited if they base it off the comic line that's going right now. That would be incredible. I would be ecstatic. I've read several. I can't remember how many of those I own now. I think it's four or five. Uh, AJ, our friend AJ, he just bought every single trade. Uh, That's a lot. It's a lot. He's like, there's there's a lot of money. Those things are not cheap. Yeah. Uh, He did get them digitally so they are cheaper. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, those are drastically cheaper. Yeah. uh, See, for me, and I know you're the same with me, I have to have it. I do too. I have to have it. Yeah, he just he wanted to read it as soon but as he did. But they're so good. They are. Good. I love the crap out yeah. of that series. You, it's so good. I highly recommend it to everyone. I actually might prefer that to Birthright, even like, and I love Birthright. If, yeah. if we're talking about runs that I got into in the last year, yeah, I would say the new TMNT is maybe, but between the two, I would I would be more prone to put that in like my top five or something. Yeah. Even though I love I love Birthright. Mm-hmm. Um, also, because they are pay- paying respect and appreciating the characters they're basing it off. Well, Kevin Eastman is part of it. Yeah, and he's so, the original creator. Yeah, him, so. but he's it's kind of what I think so unique about that run is that he's reinterpreting his own characters. Yeah, that's cool. As as opposed to some other guy who is doing like what he thinks they he, should be. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's it's like it's it's like a. I don't know, a self-reboot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's what I like about it is, and this is something that came up recently when I said Raph's my favorite character, uh, and I had I had a couple of people that are like, what are you talking about? Raphael's the worst no. turtle. There is no like, worst turtle. They're all great. Well, I mean, like, out of out of all, like, if you had to order them, they're like, Raph is four. And ah. I, like, I'm like, no, Raph's my favorite. Like, what are you? Oh, I love Raph. And it's because I've read the the comic line, and Raph is super deep and just like and B A. Yeah, and True, truly B A. There's a lot to his character. Definitely, the shining characters in that are Leonardo and Raphael. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though I find um, Donatello entertaining, I always thought he was the weakest character personally. And that's what AJ. Uh, I was talking to AJ because he's been reading a lot, and he said Donatello 
Donatello is the weakest character in the he comics. He is. I think. Um, he and Michelangelo together are fantastic. Yes. Great character foil because yeah. one is very. They're both. They're both silly, but yeah. one is obviously really smart and intelligent, and the other is the doofus. And the other is a party, a party animal doofus, yeah. and they just. I don't know. They kind of have this brotherly camaraderie, whereas Leo and Raph are always butting heads. Mm -hmm. So you have four brothers, two of whom always love each other, two of whom don't really get along so well, but... Respect each other. Respect yeah. each other. As they're, well, the thing those two have in common is they're the two best fighters. Yes. Out of the, because Raph is brute force yeah. and strength, and Leonardo is the leader. The finesse. Yeah, yeah. and he... It's like uh, in uh, Death... Do you ever see the Death Battle they did? Because there's Superpower Beatdown, which is live action. Then there's a YouTube channel called Death Battle where it's like... It's uh, like yeah, Death Battle's from Screw Attack. I think. Yeah, it's yeah. like... It's like it's pixelated. Yeah. And it's and it's all like old school technology and everything, but they, they went through all the Turtles' uh, stats and basically they reasoned that Leo would win because he's the leader and he can systematically break down all their weaknesses yeah. and he let Raph pick off the others while he was fighting, you know. So it's like... Yeah, I don't know. It just you know, yeah. it just stands to reason that Leonardo Leonardo would be the second best fighter because yeah. he understands them best. Yeah, his IQ. Wow, that was really nerdy. It's fine. That's <laughs> what this podcast is all about. Cody. Take my lunch money. Bring it out of you. Bring it out. <laughs> okay, that is it for news. All right, great. Um, so let's get on to the show. Uh, we are going to be talking road. about legacy characters. For those who do not know, legacy characters are people who have taken over the mantle of a standard character. Um, some prime examples are wh who we've talked about before. Nightwing took over as Batman mm -hmm. when Batman died. We have Winter Soldier taking over as Captain America yep. when Captain America died. Most of the time it's when characters die. It is, um, yeah. This can radically change a comic. Or severely injured. Severely injured. Uh, yeah, because we had Azrael uh -huh. as well. That's what um, I was getting at, yep. This can this can radically change a comic. Mm -hmm. um, or it could fall flat on its face and go nowhere. Um, so yeah, I, would, I would like true. to talk about today some of the ones that have truly stamped their place in history. We know a lot. Because we've read a lot. Uh, but I think we could go over some of the substantial ones. Yeah. That have really changed a lot of comics. Um, Who comes to your mind first? Cause right off the bat is Miles Morales. Yeah, I was going to um, say Morales is Spider-Man. For Spider-Man. And the biggest reason for that is it happened in the Ultimate Comic line. Uh, which was an Elseworld what-if line. Um Marvel essentially stated they wanted to go a deeper, more modern approach with their characters. And so they created a um they created a universe called Ultimate. And this Ultimate Universe had consequences. Um characters didn't die and come back. So every character who died in the Ultimate Universe stayed they're, they're dead. They stayed dead. Uh that really affected everything come about halfway through its lifespan when a uh e there was an event that ha called ultimatum happened uh and it killed off about 75% of the characters in the ultimate universe um and then later on about 50 more issues later uh Spider-Man Peter Parker 
um, died while trying to save or fighting off the Sinister Six who who were being led by Green Goblin, um, whose ultimate goal was just to kill Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really intense, crazy ending, um, which ends with, uh, I think it's Peter gets shot um, because I think it's Punisher is trying to shoot Captain America for some reason. It's a crazy story, but Peter gets shot saving Captain America. Uh, and then he, re- he like gets back home to see the Sinister Six attacking his aunt's house, which in the Ultimate Universe is a, uh, it's like a home for superpowers, like superpower teens who need like a place to get away. Uh, and so they're attacking that. He comes in, he starts fighting Green Goblin. Green Goblin essentially kills him. Uh, and then Mary Jane hits Green Goblin with a truck and I think kills him that way. Uh, but like he gives it all his all and as funeral Aunt May like spits on no slaps she slaps Captain America in the face Mm. um, because it's all his fault that Peter died Uh, because in the ultimate universe Captain America is Nahal like he is the worst Um, he's he's like the he's the I liked him in the um, the ultimate Avengers yeah ultimates the the the, uh, the how many is it there's four trades to yeah. the to that two part thing yeah i when he took down giant man that was pretty pretty you know mm-hmm. be a shizzle right there yeah what does he turn well he's, you he's, could say that he was you know he was in moral gray area messing around with wasp yes there's I mean, there's that although he although giant man was a piece of crap yes so I, I do think, and then Thor is well. I mean, everyone thinks he's a drunk. I don't. I don't think he actually. Ultimate Thor is the best Thor. I <laughs> he's, love, he's I love great. Ultimate Thor. Yeah, Ultimate Ultimate Thor certainly has the most personality. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like. I really do like Captain America in those trades, but if what he does there is anything to carry on, I could see Captain America kind of being a bit of an a hole. Yeah, he. Which kind of. He's the. He's like the epitome of the patriotic, like, not alt-right, but just that, just like America F yeah kind of thing. Yeah. Just like, I will get in your face. I don't care about who you are. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, to me, it's it's not the 616 Captain America who's like, yes, I care about America. Cap but, is noble. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just never got that from the ultimate Cap. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so after Peter dies, um, Miles Morales comes in, uh, and he has kind of the same set of powers as Spider-Man, um, as Peter Parker, but he has stingers. I know he has that, which he can poison people with, uh, which was different. The thing about that is what drastically changed it and what gave a lot of people a reason for thinking that the new Spider-Man was going to be African American is that Miles Morales is half Hispanic, half black. Uh uh so that's why people thought he was going to be they they were hoping that they would change Peter Parker out for Miles Morales. My issue with that is I think the ultimate version of Spider-Man did well not because of Miles Morales, but because of his supporting cast. 
They okay. brought in Jessica Drew, who in the Ultimate Universe is a clone of Peter Parker. So Spider-Woman is a clone of Spider-Man. Um, and she's a fantastic character. Um, the friend that Peter has in Homecoming, um, his character and personality is based off of Miles Morales' best friend. Uh, and so his supporting cast really made the comic, and he he now has his own comic in the 616 universe. And this is something I wanted to touch on with legacy characters, is legacy characters don't work if the original character is still active. I agree with that. Um, or active at the time when they yeah. take over the mantle, Yes, at least. And yeah, totally. That is a problem that's going on right now because there are two Spider-Men. And, and Miles Morales is such like he has he doesn't have a place because we have peter parker spider-man um i would love i would love a uh a retirement of peter parker where he finally settles down gives hands it over to miles morales and is able to just live his life uh that would be great i think it'd be it would be a fantastic end to spider-man um versus just killing him off uh but yeah, no, I, I, that is a prime example of how it doesn't work. Um, and Marvel is trying really hard to do that right now, and I don't get it. I don't, I don't get where they're coming from with this whole let's do, let's create two of each character, um, because more legacy characters are uh, there were two Iron Men. There's Iron Man and Iron Heart, and Iron Heart is just the female version of Iron Man. Same suit, same everything. Uh, and then there was Thor, and then Unworthy Thor, Odin's son. Um, so those two characters were also together at the same time. You have Captain America, Steve Rogers, and Captain America, Sam Wilson. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you have duplicates of each character, and... To me, it just flooded comics, and and made then someone else had already taken over the mantle, or at some point too. You have you yeah. have Bucky. Yeah, Bucky's so, in there. So it's and like he's you, back to being Winter Soldier, and so it's just like it's a mess. It's, it's a mess. It really is a mess. Uh, compared to, I think DC handles their legacy characters better. I was gonna say, in my opinion, the best it was ever done was Dick Grayson as Batman. Yeah, and and because you had the whole bitchin' battle for the cowl uh, trade, which was yeah. awesome, and we all knew that Dick was gonna win. Yeah, and um, but it was just good fan service. Some of the artwork in that was kind of sketch. I remember like some of the faces were kind of yeah. dank. But, and um, the thing about battle for the cowl is, it's what made Dick such a great character. Is he didn't want it. Yeah. yeah, it was like no, it's not about you wanting it. It's about you need to be the bat. Yeah, you're the only one who yeah. can do this. Yeah, and. You know what you just said about Miles Morales, the characters around him bringing out the best? Yeah. I felt that something uh, the DC Universe needed was to make Damien a more likable character, and I felt that Dick brought out the best in Damien yes. and vice 100%. versa. Like, it was Damien, such a beautiful relationship yeah. they had, because they kind of hated each other at first, because oh, yes. well, everyone hated Damien, yeah. and Damien hated everybody. Yeah. And then you have that, and it's like, what that that first moment when um I can't remember what happened exactly, but there had just been I think it was that crazy dude who had been like gluing masks to people. Oh, uh the Doctor 
Pig. Yeah, the the the, uh, uh, the piggy pig uh, pig man. I, I think it's I think it's Doctor Pig. Yeah. Any, anyways, and it's P Y G. It's not P I G. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's P Y G. I remember that. I'm going to look this up while we're talking. But so keep going. Gordon is talking to Batman, and mm-hmm. he he even says, "I recognize the voice," and, and, and he's and he he's like, "You're shorter, mm-hmm. but I recognize you." He's like he's like you're familiar, but you're you're shorter, not as tall. This one I don't know, and <laughs> it's like it's Batman idiot. and Robin. Yeah, and and he's like, there's familiarity here, but it's not. And like Gor- yeah. I, I like that Gordon knew. Yeah, which kind of gives you some insight as to how well, e- even though Gordon hasn't really had anything explained to him. Yeah, how well he knows the Bat family mm-hmm. without knowing it. Yeah, because he could just tell right right away that Dick wasn't Bruce. Yeah, I don't know. And Professor Pig, <sighs> by the way. Professor Pig. Okay. Yeah. But I thought that whole run was fantastic and of course oh, it's it's the only <sighs> Batman comic I have. It's <laughs> Batman so, and Robin. It, yeah. The Batman and Robin Grant Morrison. Oh my gosh. I mean there's times when you feel like you need drugs to understand it but like all of Morrison. I'm currently Like all Grant Morrison. I'm stuff. currently reading Doom Patrol by Grant Morrison. It's just like nuts. I have no clue what's going on. But it's fun but, to read. Yeah. I th- I thought the part in uh, Batman R.I.P. where you where you see Batman seeing the city as this grid mm-hmm. and Batmite's talking to him and he's inside his own head. Like yeah. I was like, this is like, this is what uh, Jimi Hendrix or Jim Morrison from The Doors would have written comic books like. Yeah. This, just something really trippy that sort of makes sense if you're getting really abstract. But I don't who, know. It's 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 quite quite acid trippy. It's who crazy. Was I talking to? It might have been you where they talked about how they would take, maybe I read it online, but a lot of writers have actually come out and admitted that they've done shrooms. Like, uh, wow. you, you and I might have talked about it briefly. Yeah, but like that, like they've, they get to a point where that is what they do to create more stories. And I wholeheartedly believe that Grant Morrison is constantly on shrooms. That dude writes the weirdest stuff. He does really write weird stuff. Yeah. Um, Which me, it's but, it's ironic because, of course, doing those drugs doesn't really coalesce with the moral alignment of the characters yeah. you're writing. <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the ironic thing to me. Yeah. <laughs> those characters wouldn't be doing that. No, uh, exactly. But anyways, well, I guess Batman did do the Venom. But that was different. That was more because he wanted to keep going. It was keep, like keep adrenaline, yeah. It was an adrenaline thing. But that that was a crazy. That was a crazy edgy comic. Oh gosh, mm-hmm. definitely edgy. But anyways, getting back to the Dick Grayson thing, I I, f- I felt that Dick and uh, Damien had a great relationship. Bruce was gone. We thought, you know, we thought he might have been dead. Then of course there was the Bru- the return of Bruce Wayne run, which shows Bruce going through the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, hops yeah. that he went through, but Bruce wasn't there. It wasn't a replica. There wasn't. T- there weren't two of them in the same room at the same time. No, and or, when, e- or even in the same universe at the same and time. And when Bruce came back, uh, Dick went back to be Nightwing. Exactly. Like he, he didn't stay being Batman, and now there is two Batman. Yeah. Um, he gave it up. But yeah, you know, I'm trying to remember, they also had. Gordon was Batman for a while. I'm trying to remember. Oh, it was after the, uh, the... I always forget that he was Batman. I think it was, like, the killing end or the end joke. What year was that? 
Is that actually canon? Yes. It was like 2012, 2013. It, huh. it was shortly after the Joker tearing off his face and stitching it on. Oh, okay. It was that whole run. Gotcha. And that I was think Joker had found like Lazarus pit stuff. And so like that got all healed. Okay. He got the dragon tattoo on his back. He chops off Alfred's arm. I remember yeah, that. Gosh, so much weird stuff happened in there. That, that's all. I think it's the end of the Scott Snyder run. Mm. Um, and and then I know Alfred shoots him with a shotgun. Uh, and him and Joker, him and Batman, Joker and Batman fall essentially to their deaths. And that's the last word we see of Joker. Like we think Joker is dead, and Batman is shown up later as Bruce Wayne. Like they find his body and he has amnesia. Yeah, that's what it was. And he so he has amnesia. He knows he's Bruce Wayne, but that's all he knows. So he doesn't remember being Batman. And that's when Jim Gordon takes over as Batman. He's like mecha. He has like a mech suit. Yeah, I remember. I didn't read about, a single issue of it. I remember but. hearing about that, but for some reason, I thought that was Elseworld. I did not think that was canon. Nope, that was canon. Great. Yep. There you go. Yeah, but probably not as great of a villain as Dick. No, and that was. Oh my gosh! Alert. That was. I walked right into that point. one. I on walked point right into yes. that one. Uh, no, literally. I think it. Uh, I think it was <laughs> fine for the time, but it's it wasn't memorable. I remember that. I think that was also the Mister Bloom stuff. I don't know. That might have happened before that, but Mister Bloom was a really creepy villain. Um. So yeah, legacy characters. Uh, so now that we've talked about them a little bit, I would like to just give a. Who would you, who is your favorite legacy character? My favorite legacy character. Um. Okay, let me let me address this. You by that do you mean someone who took it up, not someone who passed it down? Correct. Okay. Um. Goodness. You know what I was curious about? Do you count the Green Lan all the different Green Lanterns? Yes. Okay, because they. But the thing is, they weren't really, they weren't really, really all handed down. A lot of it was sort of story arc, just changing and characters going on. You know, like for instance, when Hal became the Spectre, he didn't actually like. I don't. I don't remember him appointing anyone. I think it was just no. Kinda, the ring appoints him. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. That's true. Um. Uh, I suppose I'd be lying if I said it wasn't Dick Grayson. As predictable as that is, mm -hmm. I just, I just liked him a lot. I mean, I think, I think Bucky was a great choice for Captain America. Yeah, you can't get much more spot on because I mean, Bucky and Dick Grayson are the same for their respective yes for their respective yeah. Yeah. Uh, heroes that mm -hmm. they're alongside, and boy. Mm -mm. John Stewart. I That's don't know. A good choice. Kyle Rayner is good too, though. Kyle Rayner is my favorite. Kyle, Kyle Rayner is badass. You know what? I think I'm gonna go Kyle Rayner because that dude went toe to toe with Superboy Prime in uh, the Sinestro Corps War. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm then, gonna say, I'm gonna say Kyle Rayner. And then Superboy Prime punched the universe. It's uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No when Kyle I, okay, Rayner. Okay. Whenever I, anyone gets into a superhero uh, punch out debate. Yeah. I'm kind of over that now, unless I just want to watch and see how well made the the fight is. I'm kind of over that comparison of oh, 
you know, these characters' powers. Yeah. Because Superboy Prime punched the universe. <laughs> so really, bad writing can cause anything to happen. It's true. It's true. There you have it. Uh, for me, and I've said this multiple times on the show, uh, I think my favorite is Kamala Khan, um, which, uh, for those who do not know, she's the current Miss Marvel. She took over after Miss Marvel became Captain Marvel, which that in itself is uh, legacyception. <laughs> uh, that's not what Inception means, but that's the meme. Uh, no, so Captain Marvel took over, became a legacy character for Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah, it's Carol Danvers. Marvel. Carol Danvers, who's the current Captain Marvel and who's going to be the Captain Marvel in the movie. And then there's uh, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. She is an inhuman uh, who is... Er uh, I'm going to say this wrong, and I feel really bad. Uh, what? At least you gave a disclaimer. Uh, she is... I don't want to say Middle Eastern. <laughs> like I, what's Aramaic? That's it. Aramaic. That yeah. I was uh, gonna jump in and say Aramaic. That's really random. Yeah. Because I, I I thought you were gonna say Arabic, and then I was gonna Arabic say Arabic was the word I was looking for actually. Arabic. Yeah. Aramaic is a language. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> that, I said it wrong. I knew I would oh say it gosh, wrong. Oh gosh, Arabic so, is the word I was looking for. Uh, see, now you're all gonna know what ignorant white folk we really we are. are ignorant white folk. But um, yeah, so she's Muslim, and that like takes that's a whole thing with the character. Um, ignorant. Yes. Uh, no, she's one of my favorite characters. Her powers are crazy. She can shapeshift. Um, which is why she becomes Miss Marvel is because the first thing she does when she gets her powers uh, is she shapeshifts into Miss Marvel and goes and saves someone. Um, and then it's like this whole thing of like, do I take the mantle? And then she can, she, the weird thing about her character is she didn't have the mantle passed on to her. She kind of took it. I was going to say certain things can happen. Also, yeah. things can just change. Here's an, a great example of what I mean. I'm sorry I'm interrupting you. No, it's fine. Um, Alan Scott was the first Green Lantern. and Okay, most of the Golden Age characters just got changed. So here's my only thing, but he still exists. He wasn't totally ditched. Well, both of them do. So well, here, here's the funny thing to me. Because Jay Garrick also was. Yeah, but at least... Oh my gosh, his origin he, story was hilarious. Yeah, but he didn't pass it off to Barry. That's true. Barry just took it. No, this is the funny part to me. It's not about how it got passed on, or because it wasn't, but uh, I find it funny that that was totally separate. There's mm -hmm. this magic ring-wielding guy yes. who has a specific weakness. His ring does not work against this one substance, and he. but his power is based in magic, right? Yeah. And unbeknownst to him... Off in the galaxy, there are the Guardians of Oa, who are the heads of the Green Lantern Corps, who also wield rings and yes. also have one specific weakness. Which is yellow. <laughs> yeah. I And then uh, Magic Green Lanterns is wood. So yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like, what, what? It's just funny to me that they both wield rings that have specific weaknesses, and yet it was totally... He didn't know anything about it, and they're totally, <clears throat> they're totally unrelated. Lazy writing. <laughs> yeah... 
And, you know, yeah. as comic book fans, we have to be willing to admit that there are a lot of lazy writers in comics. Yes. there. Are, I would say there are more lazy writers than there are brilliant writers. Um, and it's something that you notice really fast. That's why, um, you know, I've been tentative and at times a bit apprehensive mm -hmm. of reading too much. Yeah. I don't want to be disappointed too often. Correct. But That's why um, I stick to my standards. That's why uh, I ask you before I read anything. <laughs> Brian K. Vaughn, uh, for anyone who is ever looking for writers, writer recommendations, Brian K. Vaughn is an incredible writer. He does Saga as well as um, Why the Last Man and Ex Machina. Uh, he also, uh, then there's also Jonathan Hickman, who has written East of West, Fantastic Four, Secret Wars, Secret Warriors. Hickman's like one of your favorites. Hickman is my favorite. Uh, there's Ed Brubaker, who's pretty good. Mark Wade is really good. Mm -hmm. um, Neil Gaiman is an incre incredible writer. I know a lot of people said Gaiman's king. Um, uh, Alan Moore is incredible. Uh, I cannot... Like, Frank Miller is fun. He's overrated. I think I'll so. I'll say it right here, right now. And he's written stuff that I enjoy, but he's overrated. I think what really killed it for me was the all-star Batman and Robin. See, I actually enjoyed that, but at the same time, I was like, nah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Who are some others? Gail, gosh, Gail, gosh, gosh. I got to say, oh, Jim, Lee's, Jim Lee's artwork in that run is so worth it. Yes. It's, it's really so good. incredible. Yeah. Uh, Gail Simone is also really good. She did... Uh, she pretty much created um, the Birds of Prey, which is all the like the female Batman characters, mm -hmm. and as well as she did a really good run on Batgirl. Uh, let's see, trying to think of any others. There's probably a lot out there that I'm just totally spacing on that people. Great are gonna, writers. People are going to be annoyed at me for not knowing I Chuck mean, Dixon, Chris Claremont. Yeah. Uh, should we say Stanley? <laughs> um, uh, you know who I'll say for his time, freaking Bill Finger. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the guy was essentially the George Lucas of the Batman universe in the early days. He yeah. created that world. Yeah. That's that's unbelievable to me. I, I got to give that credit to Bill Finger. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot of really cool, really good writers out there that you really research is the key. Just look into... The best way to get into it is find a character that you re you really enjoy um, and legitimately just look up best runs of. I'll interject one man who hasn't written a lot much, or pardon me, <laughs> hasn't written a ton, at least what I've read. He probably has a lot of stuff, actually, but I've only read one character. Uh, anything you read by oh. Jeff Loeb is going to be pretty good. Jeff Loeb is good. And uh, I'm only familiar with his Batman stuff. Well, he did all the colors, too. Spider-Man Blue. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I'm lying. I'm totally yeah. full of it. No, all those are great. All the all the Marvel colors are great. Those yeah. are Jeff Loeb. Yeah. But that's the only ones. Those, those are those are the only, the only ones. Yeah. Does he do um, he runs, or does he only does he only do, like, one-offs? Because, obviously, Long Halloween, Dark Victory, and... Uh, What's that other one, the shorter one? Did he do Arkham? No. I don't know. Do you know the one I'm talking about? The th the thinner 
because he did Long Halloween, which is the fattest one, then the sequel, Dark Victory, which is a little shorter. Black Mirror? Bla- wasn't Black Mirror was Scott Snyder, I thought. Maybe. That was way later, I thought. Um, I thought that was Grant Morrison, but I don't know. Black Mirror, I'm pretty sure, was Scott Snyder. There was a lot of Batman writers. That was the uh, first thing I ever read from Scott Snyder, and that was before he pushed the Joker into frickin' complete and utter chaosville, where it's just like, you, I mean, what's the guy going to do, stick his own leg in a wood chipper? I mean, I don't know. The Joker just started to do so many weird things. Yeah, I... Snyder's a great writer, but yeah. sometimes I'm just like, what I are admire, you doing? I admire what he was trying to do, but he took Joker and... He's got ambition up the yeah. wazoo, but I think he took his characters out the deep end yeah. a little bit. But anyways, um, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of great writers out there, and I think I think ones you really can't go wrong with, or at least you can't go wrong with their main titles. If you read any of Mark Wade's best stuff, oh my gosh, Mark Millar. Mark yeah. Millar is a great name. Yeah, I, I got to say, uh, Red Sun is something that I thought I would hate because I don't really like the idea of bastardizing Superman and making him like this, you know... Com- communist Russia type yeah. character because that's kind of the antithesis of what he is but that's the point and you see how well he writes Superman yeah. in the context of being that it's a brilliant run or pardon me a brilliant uh, Elseworld and of course Millar did uh, Ultimate Avengers which is amazing he did uh, a run on Daredevil too right Mark Millar yeah I think so Trying to think, and I then know, Frank Miller. Well, I, I always, I don't Frank know. Frank Miller, I, he he did a lot of good stuff. Like I won't deny. Well, he's that. a great artist. He's he did just, the artwork for Daredevil. Just crazy. And, he's just crazy, and he's really opinionated. Yeah, he's kind of a. I don't know if he knows how to really write the characters that he writes for, except for Daredevil. Well, he essentially created the current Daredevil character. Uh, yeah, because he did all the Electra and Bullseye stuff. Did he switch over from writing to uh, to artwork, or, or pardon me, back in? Did he did he switch over from? Well, he usually did both. Um. Well, with Claremont, Claremont wrote and Miller did the artwork. I yeah. thought I thought for Daredevil initially, I thought um, Miller just did the artwork. Just did the artwork. Um, I thought it was Van Cla- Van Clausen who did. I can't remember. If, is that his name? <laughs> I'm forgetting. At this point, I so for there's those, so many there's so those, many names, yeah, dude. For those who do not know, I Cody knows more names than I do. Like I know characters, and so it's it's like oh, this writer, this writer, and this writer, and this artist. I'm like, <laughs> I'm lost. Uh, but needless to say, legacy characters are important. I don't put down legacy characters, but they are. Needed in certain spots. Yeah, um, definitely. Or they can really fall flat. Uh, but going forward, did you have any favorite recent reads? No, I actually haven't had any time. I've been re- when I when I do read, I've been reading my current novel that I'm on right now. Okay. And uh, for me, I am currently going through D- Doom Patrol Volume Two, uh, and it's just it's insane stuff. I think there was a carnival from space, in which. Traveled through the kaleidoscope zone. <sighs> I do Morrison, think I, man. <laughs> I do think I know what I'm going to read uh, for next uh, uh, episode, though. So sweet. I'm excited. Awesome. I have a couple. I think I've got a couple half trades of. Well, not a trade. I've got a quarter trade and a half trade of some material to read. Sweet. Some classic stuff. 
Awesome. Yep. Well, thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode of Origins and Adaptations. Adaptations. Uh, we'll catch you next time, folks. Beat it, bozo.